evening everyone grace and peace and god's blessings to all of you my name is pastor gloria boyce and i want to welcome you all to the billionaire consciousness expansion we're going to have a holy ghost wonderful time in the lord amen 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 this evening we are looking for three readers first corinthians 2 verses 12 to 15 Isaiah 30, 19-21, and Chronicles 32, 4-8. This evening we're talking about to every person, God opens a way. To every person, God opens a way. Don't ever feel like if you're abandoned, downtrodden, don't ever feel like that. Because to every person, God opens a way. <laughs> Let's give a little history here, a little preamble to set up this evening's session. Now, during the days of the early Hebrews, the high priests and rabbis, they were never permitted to divulge truth to people. So there was a long period when no one had access to truth except the few who had attained a sufficient degree of specialized consciousness to be able to grasp it. Now, Moses knew the truth. But because he believed that only those who had already reached a high state of consciousness were prepared to understand and demonstrate it, he permitted it to be known only by those who had attained the rank of high priest. You will see in the scriptures, oftentimes Jesus will, after healing someone, will tell them, don't say anything to anybody, just go to the high priest and so on. Now, it was Jesus' conviction, however, that the truth should be given to mankind. It should be revealed so that everyone would be free. Because to know the truth does set one completely free of physical, mental, moral, and financial limitations. The, the Word of God sets you free of physical, mental, moral, and financial limitations. He therefore, Jesus therefore, went out into Judea and taught in the synagogues and by the wayside and by the seaside in the mountains and in the plains wherever two or more would gather together to hear he would reveal the truth to them now, jesus was crucified for telling that truth just as throughout all generations those who have dared to tell the truth have suffered crucifixion if not always an outward crucifixion, at least a figurative one. Men of power are afraid to let masses know about the truth. The authorities, whether ecclesiastical or political, cannot afford to permit the world to become enlightened. Because when men know the truth, it makes them free. And they could no longer be controlled. Now, to be honest, many of you will especially those of our older generation will realize that the bible was used as a whip it was used as a whip to keep you in your place to keep you under some kind of submission they misuse the word of god so in order therefore to be sure that control is maintained over people it is necessary to keep them in ignorance of the truth that is why you know, now that we 
are free to access information we wonder some in authority didn't know they knew but they keep us in ignorance because that way we are not free we are under submission when Christ Jesus revealed truth to his followers eventually the truth registered with a few only a very few but nevertheless a few and healing work was carried on for the next three centuries but the principle of truth was again lost there was a dissension within the Christian movement there was one faction headed by Paul who felt that truth should be made available to everybody even to the Gentiles and there were the groups headed by Peter and James who felt that only Hebrews were entitled to know the truth after Peter's vision of the great sheet knit in the in, in the four corners and let down to the earth wherein all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and and wild beasts and creepeth things and fowls of the air after that vision he finally accepted Paul's thesis that truth should be preached and given to all men so it was that internal dissension plus persecution from outside began to weaken the faith and dull the awareness of those dedicated to truth and again it disappeared from the face of the earth but tonight I'm telling you because right now we are at a, a beautiful place in society where we are free to access the Holy Spirit where we are free to worship and love our God so tonight I'm telling you that God opens a way for every man to every person God opens a way that is our discussion now we will go to the readers now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches but which the Holy Ghost teaches comparing spiritual things was spiritual but the natural man receiveth not things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned but he that is spiritual judges all things yet he himself is judged of no man Amen. Praise be to God. Next reader. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee all the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. And though the Lord give the bread of adversity and the water of affection he shall not thy teachers be removed unto a corner anymore 
but thine eyes shall see thy teachers. And thy ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, where he turned to the right hand, and when he turned to the left. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Next reader. So there was gathered much people together, who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? Also he strengthened himself and built up the wall that was broken, and raised it up to the towers, and another wall without, and repaired Milo in the city of David, and made darts and shields in abundance. And he set captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the gates of the city and spake comfortably to them, saying, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid or dismayed for the king of Syria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there is more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Amen, amen, amen. As you read in the scripture, but for the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. In his humanhood, man can never receive truth. Hear me, somebody. In his humanhood, in our human hurt, man can never receive truth. It is not until we rise above our humanhood, until the Spirit of God dwelleth in us, that we can discern the nature of truth. And because of this, truth seems to be foolishness to the natural man. Therefore, in every approach to truth that has ever been revealed, the first step that is necessary is developing consciousness to the place where consciousness can receive the truth. Alright, you think I am kind of some space cadet? Think back. When you were on this path, you will hear something. And you couldn't understand it. You read in the words, it's English words, you know the meaning of the words. But you can't comprehend the meaning of the sentence that you read in. Even the word of God in the Bible, you're reading it. But you're, you're understanding it in a three-dimensional way. You can't grasp what Jesus is trying to say. But no, you read the word. And a whole different enlightenment come to you. A whole, the, the same word 
but somehow your consciousness open up because now you, you your consciousness is developing to receive the truth the milk of the word is given to babies the meat of the word to those prepared to receive it all of you here are now prepared to receive the word of God but heaven help us if we attempt to give meat to babies those babies will crucify us innocently of course but a knife in the back is just as dangerous when put there by innocence as by premeditation was not the crucifixion of Jesus a crucifixion even though carried out by those in ignorance of the truth truth itself is one but there are many many ways of arriving at that truth many approaches to the truth a person can reach truth through a religion in which there's really little of truth but so much of devotion that it can ultimately elevate him to the truth hear me somebody I try and understand me try and understand me that is why I don't want to put on anybody's religion because it may not be focusing totally on truth but everybody has to attain their own truth as an individual so a person can reach truth through a religion in which there is really little of truth but so much of devotion that it can ultimately elevate him to the truth this is perhaps one of the least satisfactory of reaching it but it can be done then there is the way of reaching truth through the mind using the mind as an instrument through which one ultimately attains realization some even attempt to attain truth through gaining control of the body like doing higher yoga or which is practicing in India today but however one attempts to attain union with god whatever practice whether it's yoga or mental yoga or whatever practice one use all roads lead ultimately to truth so everyone try to use different spiritual paths to get at the truth today we have been given perhaps the most unusual opportunity have ever been given to the world in any age the priceless opportunity to work through the mind to the spirit thereby going from an intellectual understanding of truth to a spiritual discernment that is where you need to be a spiritual discernment the vital problem for each person is to find the approach that is most acceptable to his own state of consciousness now it is my conviction that there will never be one approach that will meet the needs of everyone because we are all at different states of consciousness we all have different backgrounds and certainly our experience in our existence before we came to this earth plane have been different 
we cannot therefore all attain the heights by means of the same approach for this reason then since the religious life is such a sacred one each person should learn to go within himself and pray for light and guidance so that he will be directed to this particular path and when it has been revealed to him that part should be given every opportunity to fulfill itself in him we mustn't go from one path to another a lot of people like to go from one church to the other to the, remember a rolling stone gather no moss so one should not go from one path to another path except under divine guidance because there is that within us which can lead us home if we continue to follow our leading if we listen to our neighbor or follow some popular approach or some approach that has uh, performed miracles for someone else we are not really being divinely guided we are only divinely guided when something within us say this is the way walk ye in it it says nothing about your neighbor or anyone else all it says walk ye in it now many of us were seeking in ignorance a lot of us have been called to this path god touch you you know you have to go further you know you have to to have a, a relationship with god with with your lord and savior jesus christ you don't know necessarily know the route or the path in which to take so you're seeking and many of us was seeking in ignorance not knowing how to seek some went on for years in chaos internally and externally but always there was that inner urge um, assuring us so even though you're trying and you're not sure what to do or how to get to the rest there's that inner urge that is assuring us to pursue it to keep on going there is a God and that God can be found that's the that's the urgent side of you it there is a God and that God can be found everything else in life was chaotic but that particular principle never waver there is a God and that God can be found stick to it so even though you go through life you go through your activities of daily living you go through all the things that you need to do you work in your mind and your children inside of you there is this this call this gunction there is a god that god can be found stick to it so you've lifted up to all your responsibilities but that thing inside you is still edging you on then on a specific day it happened and it was an experience a transformation and from the moment of that experience you finally die you die to your human sense of life up to that time every bit of yesterday disappear and a whole new way of life open up with only an occasional memory of the days that had gone before eventually you are one with the world
you are one with God. This religious experience will enable you to heal and it, it brought about change not only in your own life and not only physical change but also mental change morally and financially when God touches you the little foolishness you were doing physically mentally morally financially you do see a shift you do now some of you for a moment you will recognize God's hands in all of this and then maybe a few days you will backtrack and try to tie it to your own intellect and to your plans that you have made and to and stuff like that but when God hands touch you I am telling you when the Spirit of God touch you give yourself two days after that first experience people your first experience and you will see people are drawn to you people are drawn to you when God touch you people are drawn to you some misunderstood why they are drawn to you they think that is because they put in this in a physical sense but most of it is they are drawn to the to your spirit they are drawn to the indwelling Christ that has that is awakening in you so the people are drawn to you like a magnet because of the Christ consciousness that is waking up inside of you so you'll find that people coming to you asking for help and asking if you could help them with this and help them with that in other words they do not understand what it is that you're doing they don't understand what did it and they didn't know how to make it a continuing experience so many of you have performed miracles and you can't make head or tail of what happened you would love to be able to duplicate it but you can't you don't understand because you're thinking that there's some thing in you that caused this you're thinking that there's some method or some recipe or some if I do this I do this it'll come up with some mathematical equation that's what you're thinking that caused this to happen you don't understand many of you on this line has performed great little things great things and you know it and you could tell me it in a testimony but you don't understand how it was attained and you don't know how to get to the degree how, how it came about and you would love to be able to duplicate it but, but you don't know how to do that because you're thinking that you had some part in it and it's not so it is God working in and through you now nobody can can teach you how to do this because it's not it's not a lesson to be taught it's God using you for a particular need at a particular time I hope you understanding what I'm saying now the very first and probably the most important of these working principles 
and one of the most important points is the revelation regarding the origin and nature of evil we must understand that all right let me say this you may not have understood what you did when you achieve that miracle when you God use you you may not know how to make it con- how to have a con- how to continue that experience and nobody could teach you that is God using you because of your enlightened consciousness because of your enlightened consciousness God use you in in that specific way now in trying to understand having some kind of intellectual knowledge of God is not enough we must understand the origin of evil so the very first and probably the most important of working principles with respect to intellectual knowledge of God is the revelation regarding the origin and nature of evil and the method of dealing with it if I was to say to you God is all now we're talking about to every person God opens a way and if I have to I must touch on this evil thing even though I don't like it much you must put it in perspective you must put it in perspective so we're talking about a method of dealing with this so-called evil so if I was to say that God is all that God is omnipresent no listen to me very carefully please all right if I was to say and the scriptures say if as the scripture said God is all God is omnipresent that God is omnipotent and that God is closer to you than breathing and nearer than hands and feet I would be saying only what you and many people of the world already know because the word of God tells you that these are truths that are taught in every religion in the world so to say that God is omnipresent God is omnipotent and God is closer to you than breathing and nearer than your hands and feet if I tell you that I'm only saying what you and many people of the world already know these are truths that are taught in every religion in the world and yet we have wars we have depression we have panics we have cancer and all other plagues of the earth continue even though the word of God says all these things we still have all these ills that countless people in the world intellectually know the truth about God omnipresence does not prevent sin it does not prevent disease it does not prevent lack and limitation from continuing so knowing that God is all does not stop the process or the 
progress of sin, disease, death, lack, and limitation. So knowing God is closer than breathing does not do it. Notice knowing that God is omnipotent and omnipresent. It doesn't do it. So what then is necessary? What is the something beyond the intellectual knowledge of God? What is that something? If the truth of God as omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscience could be realized, not mentally stated or agreed with, but realized, that is all that would be necessary for the establishment of harmony in our being. But it is so rare that an individual even attains the realization of God is all to to any demonstration degree that you would probably have difficulty remembering the names of three persons since the time of Jesus Christ who has has attained it. Yet it is true that the realization that God is all is sufficient for our every need. In so much, however, as the truth of the oneness of God has not been realized to a great enough degree by enough people of the world, there must be something to be learned in addition to that. Some principle or law, some way that will make it possible for us to realize God allness and thereby overcome sin, overcome disease, overcome death, overcome lack and limitation within ourselves and within those who turn to us. Hear me. Listen carefully now. One of the most important of principle revealed was the impersonal cause and nature of evil. We are the ones who make it personal. One of the most important of the principle revealed was the impersonal cause and nature of evil. All evil regardless of its name and nature, is impersonal. You know, they have a saying in Trinidad. Remember this, is when you see the MAGA dog running, don't take string and try to tie it. Let it run. When you see these things rampant, why are you focusing on it? Why are you discussing it? Why are you bringing it into your consciousness? That means that it is not your wrong thinking that will cause you trouble or not your envy or jealousy or malice, not your sensuality, your lack of gratitude, not your anything, not a single thing in you is responsible for any of your ills. Hear me somebody, please ease upon yourself. Let me see if I can say this again. Walk with me. Walk with me. All evil, regardless of its nature or its name, is impersonal. All. That means that it is not your wrong thinking that has caused you trouble. 
Not your envy has caused it, not your jealousy or your malice, not your sensuality, your lack of gratitude, not even anything, not a single thing in you is responsible for any of the ills. By seeking within yourself for the cause of the trouble, you are helping to perpetuate it and make it impossible for healing to be brought about. The evil or error that is finding expression in you, whether as a disease, an evil trait of character, or false appetite, has absolutely nothing to do with you. It did not begin in you, and it will never be rooted out of you. You never will. You didn't invent it. You didn't create it. Evil has its origin in something that for that moment we may call the cardinal mind. The carnal mind. If the term carnal mind means nothing to you, call it Satan if you want. If, the, if these terms do not appeal to you, call it appearance, acclaim, or an illusion. The name you give it is unimportant. The important thing is to know that evil of whatever name or nature stems from a universal impersonal source. Unless we can separate evil from the individual, separate it so completely that even if we saw a man uh, stealing a pocketbook, you could say to yourself, thank God, I know you're not a thief. The cardinal mind is behind this. Unless you can do this, there is not the remote possibility of us really helping people. If we are confronted with somebody come to you and ask you to, to help them, to pray for them because they have cancer, and, uh, and uh, you are tempted to believe that jealousy, hatred, or sensuality has caused it, or any condition or circumstances, you have little hope of success in healing. Now, Pastor Boyce has the 300 prayer club where we pray every day for people. But if we believe that any one of these people, because of their jealousy or hatred or sensuality or whatever, caused this condition or circumstances, we, our prayer is, is, is that we pray in a miss. Even if you do get to help someone occasionally, which is a, a, such a healing, probably came about more or less accidentally, or because you, you caught some absolute statement of truth which made you rise above your own beliefs. The truth is that there is no human qualities that cause cancer or any other disease. Cancer can be found in the newborn babies and certainly there is nothing harmful or sensual or jealous about them. And furthermore, there are some mighty fine pure men and women in the world who have suffered from serious disease who never knew such a thing as hate sensuality, jealousy to any great extent. We must 
instantly impersonalize every claim by realizing that it has its origin in an impersonal source. Whether you call it the carnal mind or an appearance make no difference. But whatever we do, be sure we understand that it is not the person or above all things ourselves the reason you can have the assurance that it is God that constitutes our identity our name is I that you call yourself I you call yourself I every one of you on the line call yourself I I is evidence of that the only way you can identify yourself is as I. And that I is your identity. But that I is also God. I has no evil qualities or properties. True. There may be times when I feel beset by some evil rampant in the world. We may feel hatred or envy or even uncertainty or wicked thoughts. But that is just part of the universal mesmerizing mesmerism. And we must not condemn ourselves. It has been picked up and out of the ether and has no relationship to us. Because the minute we know that we are I... We will know that we have no evil qualities or propensities or characteristics or any of these that seems to be a part of us. But that the projection of what we call carnal mind or Satan, meaning the impersonal source of evil. All evil stems from the belief in two powers. We're going to stop here for tonight. I think you have... We will, we will stop here for tonight. But let me see if you understand what I said. We must instantly impersonalize every claim by realizing that it has its origin in an impersonal source. So, if you find someone or yourself having any kind of ills, instantly impersonalize every claim by realizing it has its origin in another source. You didn't contribute to this. Whether you call that other source a carnal mind or an appearance, it makes no difference. But whatever you do, be sure you understand that it is not in the person. It is not in you. Or it's not in your friends. It's not in the people that you meet. All these things. It is not in yourself. The reason you can have the assurance is that God constitutes your identity. God constitutes our identity. Not the ills of the world. 
you must understand that God constitutes your identity. Your name is I. That call yourself I is evident of that. The only way you can be identify yourself is as I. Tell me another way you can identify yourself. The only way you can identify yourself is I. And this is what Pastor Boyce was saying today. In the scripture, it's Hebrews 6 and 14. Saying, surely, blessing, I will bless thee. And multiplying, I will multiply thee. This is, this is what God was saying in Hebrews. Point I'm trying to emphasize here. The reason you have that assurance is that God constitutes your identity. God constitutes your identity, not some other thing. God constitutes your identity. Your name is I, that you call yourself. I is evident of that. The only way you can identify yourself is as I. And that I is your identity. But I is also God. I has no evil qualities. True. There may be times when we feel beset by some evil rampant in the world. We may feel hatred or envy or even entertain wicked thoughts. But that is just a part of the universal mesmerism. And we must not condemn ourselves. It has been picked up out of the eaters. You pull that thing in. And has no relationship to us. Because the minute we know that we are I. We know that we have no evil qualities or characteristics. And any of these that seems to be part of us. Is but the projection of that which we call the cardinal mind. Meaning the impersonal source of evil. We will stop here tonight and pick it up tomorrow. All of you. Identify yourself by I. Every person in this world. Identify themselves by I. God bless you. I hope you gain something from this. I hope you understand something from this God bless you so